0: Hey, hi, hello, welcome back to the WHLC show, where I'm your host, Darian. I hope you enjoy me singing to you, (laughs) because it's a a real testament to the level of fucks I give about um, how this podcast sounds. (laughs) Anywho, today's show is really special, and I got to interview my coach, Natalie Salcedo, she is a Muay Thai world champion, and she is a jujitsu purple belt. She runs and helps teach classes at Warrior Fitness Center, and she is just seriously one of the most positive, like, sweet, cuddly people I've ever met in my life. She's so kind. And hot damn girl knows how to coach. Like, seriously, if she's going to get you going and fucking kicking ass, she's, it's going to be her. Like, she's just... Awesome. So enjoy the podcast. Um, I apologize for some of the sound quality. We were using the interview function on my wonderful Samsung high tech, I think it's a six, uh, cell phone <laughs> in like a big like room. So apologies for the sound quality. Be patient with it. It does improve with time. Um and just turn it turn it up just a little bit. But it's super awkward because I'm really loud in it. Like in the beginning, but then it balances it out. So um, just pay close attention. It's worth pursuing through, and I hope that you enjoy it. So here's the podcast. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to the Women's Healthy Living Club podcast, also known as the WHLC podcast. I'm your host, Darian, and today I have with me a very, very special person. Her name is Natalie Sassido. And She is a badass chick who fights people and fucks them up in the cage. And I'm going to ask her some questions about her life. So, welcome.
1: Thanks, Darian. <laughs> I don't know what else to say right now other than thank you. Glad to be here. Glad that you, you know, kept me in mind. Yes,
0: perfect. Here, we could just set it here. Right here, okay. okay. So okay. That just kind of get, get close to it. Yeah. Okay. okay, so you are a world champion, true? Uh, in Muay Thai. That's what I thought. So, what started you training Muay Thai?
1: Um, Honestly, I just thought it sounded cool. Muay Thai! Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, I started in high school actually, and I I never really was very athletic as a kid. I mean, I didn't really play sports very much. I mean, I have pictures of me, I think, playing T ball at one point. (laughs) And then uh, I did a couple, maybe, uh, seasons of YMCA soccer. Mm -hmm. And that was it. I just didn't really have. A huge interest in doing sports. I mean, I liked I liked being athletic. I liked being, like, outside. Like, mm-hmm. I did a lot of tree climbing. That's you know? awesome. <laughs> As That's a kid, awesome. had to hide that from my mom a lot of times because yeah. I would get in trouble. Really? But uh yeah, but, you know, just, I just was looking for something to do. And I had a friend, actually, that told me in school that he did kickboxing. And I was like, whoa, hmm. that sounds badass. Thank like, you. I want to come to your kickboxing <laughs> class. And, and that was it. You know, I started up. Um, I think I was like 15 at the time, and just kind of like on and off did it a lot. Like I was real consistent probably like the first year, two years, and then kind of towards the end of high school, um, I started picking up a few other a few other activities and hobbies, and then you know kind of kind of that whole deal happened where I would like train for six months, and then maybe not train at all for a while, a few months here, that sort of thing. But just you know that was it. Just thought it
0: was fun. That's awesome. <laughs> so you've got a lot of experience in Muay Thai, like 10 plus years.
1: Yeah, I mean. I said, at this point, you know, I'm 26, almost 27. So, I mean, it was almost 12 years ago now. Wow. But, I mean, like I said, I, I didn't really train consistently for 12 years. So, I don't think that I can really say I have 10 years of experience. Yeah. But, it's hard to say. You know, but oh. it's, it's quite a... Quite a Quite a
0: bit <laughs> yeah the whole balance of training sometimes like because I always say that to Tom like I'll tell people oh yeah he's been training for eight years and he's like ho ho, ho 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 let's call that five
1: yeah, yeah there was <laughs> some breaks so. <laughs> right and that's what I know when I tell people to do I'm like I don't know maybe like seven years yeah. like who knows at yeah. this point it's tough tough so. to say
0: um so how did you decide or what made you decide to transition into MMA
1: um well I guess that was obviously more of a recent thing. When I actually started training here at the Warrior Fitness Center, I, I really only came with the interest of training Muay Thai. Mm-hmm. And that's all that I did at first. Um, and then, like, of course, you know, all the all the guys would, like, heckle me for not training jujitsu. <laughs> and so slowly but surely, I was like, well, fine. I'll, I guess I'll do jujitsu so I don't get made fun of. <laughs> and, and I hated it. I hated jujitsu at really? first. Really? Yeah. Wow. It was awkward. And, like, obviously the movements – Are just so much different from Muay Thai too. I mean, it's they're just completely different sports. I mean, one you're rolling around on the ground, one you're almost never on the ground. Mm -hmm. And so I just I just didn't really like it. And like, you know, I don't have like this like jujitsu love story that pretty much everybody (laughs) seems to have. You know, anytime I I meet someone new, especially maybe through like the Globetrotter camps, you know, and stuff like that, they're like, Yeah, you know, I tried out a jujitsu class and I knew from the beginning that I loved it and it was for me and I had so much fun. I'm like, I had to force myself to that shit because <laughs> it was awful. It. That <laughs> is a um,
0: funny story you hear a lot. You're like, <laughs> I was addicted right away. Yeah. I'm now a jiu-jitsu lifestyle person. It's yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. All right.
1: Exactly. It's so it's I feel like that's almost everybody. And I'm like, mm, nope. Psych. <laughs> Way to be different. Way to be different. <laughs> but but no, yeah, so I, I just I really learned to love the sport. And then slowly but surely it was just like, well, wow, I mean, if I'm gonna do both anyways, you know, why isn't why not do a MA? May? And And that's becoming a much more growing sport. So just I also think that maybe even from like a like a logical and like professional perspective, there's just not as much of a future in Muay Thai. I mean, don't get me wrong. Muay Thai Thai is growing. Mm -hmm. I mean, glory is huge. Um, You know, the world championships are huge, but it's still just not quite on the same level as the MMA like Mm -hmm. scene. Yeah, it's not. So, yeah, it's gotten quite
0: popular with the whole UFC business yeah exactly it's like even
1: to UFC or uh... <laughs>
0: <laughs> UFC. yeah I hear that a lot like
1: mm, I, right. I fight in the May
0: yeah trying to explain to people who don't train anything <laughs> yeah the difference between all of the like abbreviations and BJJ MMA more like whoa just yeah you need like a fucking chart and a drop down <laughs> screen and yeah whatever exactly um so what part of mixed martial arts is your favorite and why like of all the different things you train
1: I think at this point it is jujitsu oh it's, kind of, it's kind of she funny right because like I said I had a I had to force myself into jujitsu I have I have a Muay Thai love story you know first time I tried it I loved it and it was my thing for a long time but after having you know, done jujitsu now for about four years. Like I've just, I've just learned to really love it. And I think that one, two, honestly, like, I think it it gave me more confidence than Muay Thai did just because, I mean, the way that the sport is, is like, you know, you don't just train with or compete against people that are your size, mm-hmm. you know, like it's, Hey, you can always be successful. It doesn't matter how big someone is, how strong someone is. Like if you do the things right, if you do the technique, right. It's something you can do. Muay Thai is not quite the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously having good technique helps, But if I was to kickbox a 240-pound man, I'm probably gonna fucking die. (laughs) That sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Never mind. Just go away.
1: Yeah, exactly. And sounds scary. In jujitsu it's not quite the same. So, you know. And there's just I think there's a little bit more depth to it sometimes as Mm -hmm. far as like different things that you can learn. Muay Thai, it's a lot of the same things, but it's a lot more concepts behind it. It's a lot more like little things. Mm-hmm. Um, Jujitsu just has a, a wider array of things Dude, to learn. It's, so it's a big old crazy. Boat. Uh, it's this crazy spider web of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's a deep
0: vortex. <laughs> it's never ending. That's exactly it. Good God, it's scary. <laughs> Speaking of scary things, how do you deal with fear? And what's your greatest fear? Because I know training. I mean, for someone who doesn't train any martial art starting a martial art one is kind of scary. And then a lot of times people don't train because they have different fears or whatnot or different mental blocks. So how, how do you deal with those and what is your greatest fear?
1: Hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, I think for a lot of people, one of the mental blocks, one of the reasons why they don't do jujitsu, for example, is they hate being touched. Yes. They, hate, they hate the contact. They hate the sweatiness. The and personal like, bubble. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And, and to some extent, I don't. I don't know how to help someone with that because I just don't care. Yeah. Like that—that's never really bothered yeah. me. Like yeah. I mean, it's—it's it's just not. It's not gross. It's not uncomfortable. Um. So, but I, I have heard that a lot, especially from like women mm-hmm. in going into the sport. Um. As far as like striking, you know, I think a lot of people are like scared of like getting hit Mm -hmm. and things like that. But you have to, yeah, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you have to understand too, though, you know, I mean, unless you're going to like legit and awful gym, like a gym that does not actually respect you. and Maybe they're just, you know, more interested in like their fighters or things like that, or they just have the wrong mentality. Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen. You're not going to just show up to a kickboxing class, go, spar, (laughs) fight to the death, you know? It's actually oftentimes a, a really long time until you're either, one, comfortable to spar or even allowed to do it. Mm-hmm. um it's a lot of just technical work mitt hitting pad hitting bag hitting you might be doing drills on a partner where you guys are hitting each other but it's at a very very controlled pace at a very controlled power level and so it's not really something to be scared about and you start to realize too that you're not you're not as fragile as you think mm-hmm. you know getting hit doesn't actually suck that bad <laughs> that's a good you idea. know like it, it really does it yeah. i don't know and maybe maybe i'm like a little biased too because I fight at 105 pounds and mm-hmm. we just, we don't hit that hard. Yeah. Like not, not really. I mean, not compared to, you know, our 150 pound counterparts, you know? Right. Right. Um, so I know for me going into like my first few fights, I'm like, Oh, <laughs> this, is what, this is what it's like to get hit for real, for real. Like, okay, I can, I can deal with this. <laughs> all right. You know, every now and then you might get jarred or, you know, kind of see stars for a second and things to the body, they hurt, but you just get used to it, you know?
0: Yeah. So. I'm sure in the moment with adrenaline and all that, you know, you, you definitely don't feel it because you're, you know, you got a target. You yeah. can't feel it. It's yeah. time to go. So, oh, you feel it? Do you? You feel it? <laughs> oh my gosh, but I like you... to
1: believe my body would numb me, like mm-hmm. just pretend it's not there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, some stuff, like, yeah, no, for real, like some stuff, yeah, like it's not, it's not as bad as you think, and then some stuff, no, it fucking sucks. But you just, you learn, like I said, you learn to get tougher. Your body physically learns to be tougher. Like I was actually just telling some of the girls the other day in my Moitze in the nighttime Moitze class, who are kind of new. That you know your your legs will condition. Like mm-hmm. for me, like I'm I'm left leg lead, so I get hit my left leg a lot, mm-hmm. and my leg literally will not bruise until like I get like a lot a lot of hits. Like wow. if we do leg conditioning, it doesn't bruise my right leg though. <laughs> oh my god, it, it gets purple and it's like this <laughs> giant like spread. It almost looks like I'm dying sort of thing, and it's just because this leg naturally doesn't get hit as much. Mm-hmm. So
0: hold, like internal calluses, yeah, kinda.
1: yeah. Your shins, <laughs> your shins right. condition. They, you know, they also calcify a bunch things like that so it's not you know hitting banana trees isn't like as ridiculous as it seems you know (laughs) people it it does actually help you build (laughs) diffusions
0: people actually do that huh yeah hitting banana trees Yeah,
1: like Thailand
0: (laughs) wow that's some intense shit though yeah (laughs) fucking around with nature getting that crazy vibe in
1: there yeah (laughs) but yeah I mean I guess to answer your question though I think it's just a matter of like also sometimes accepting that like you got to You got to get through fears, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of how we grow is you make yourself uncomfortable and then you learn to be comfortable with it. Yep. And that's it. So do
0: you have any type of like, cause some people have like, Oh, my biggest fear ever would be to like be stranded in the ocean or some weird ass shit. Do you have any type of fear like that? Or do you think training has kind of conditioned you
1: out of irrational? Ah. I don't think that training has done that for me specifically. I just have never really had a bunch of fears. I don't know. Just all around badass.
0: Not, not really. <laughs> I don't know
1: if it's just like a naive thing. Sure. Um, but I, there's nothing really that I'm like really afraid of. Um, oh, what is that called? That like, it's like, ah, uh, track, trackophobia or something like. It's not. I don't think that's it. It's like it's something weird. I don't really have a fear of this as much as it just grosses me out. But I hate. I hate little holes and like dots and stuff. Like you're right. I don't little know. Little holes, like a like a screen. Like a yeah, screen like maybe like a scare you. like exactly like a lotus pod. How how they have all the little like dots and stuff. Yeah. If I see that, oh my god, I, like, I tense <laughs> up and it makes me like feel so gross and itchy. That is funny. And it's funny because actually in the American Horror Story, not I think the most recent one actually, maybe it's not the most recent one at this point, but the one that they did with the Colts. Okay. One of the girls in there actually had the same thing. Like she, really? she would talk about that, like how much holes bothered her. And I was like, yes. ah, I'm not the only one. So like plants with little holes through them. I hate it. You I hate was, it. I oh was my was. God. That's
0: so funny. Cause <laughs> I used to work on a farm and like legit, all these plants were just eaten alive. Little holes everywhere. And you could see the little bugs that were like making the holes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like itchy already. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's so much cream. That's so funny. Um. Okay. So what. Well, people that don't know Natalie, um, she trains like a crazy person and I very much admire it. So what drives you to train like such a crazy person? Yeah. <laughs> She's not crazy, but to me, your level of training is pretty wild. Yeah. I don't think I can handle that. Maybe I can barely can. handle like twice a week. I think
1: you can. <laughs> you just, you know, you're busy with other stuff.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> i wish i could just check out all the other stuff and be like bye bitches yeah no exactly fighting for life now <laughs> do it sometime just get in here tom won't let me he's too rational it's yeah. like durian we'll we tell, lead an adult life well,
1: we'll tell him you can he can be the responsible one he oh, can man. be the rational one and you can just be you know pursuing your dreams sometimes <laughs> sometime. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, I think it's just uh, once you do get into the competition sort of mindset um, and that drive, it's just, you know, it's it's almost not even like this constant battle like of like, oh, like I, I got to go train. I got to make mm-hmm. sure I'm doing this. You want to do it and you just have fun doing it. I mean, that's a big part of it, too, is just that obviously you have to enjoy what you do you know, and whatever it is, you know, whether it's like a, a degree you're pursuing or your job or what are your career, whatever it is. Um, you just have to love it and just want to do it because it doesn't, otherwise it'll just feel like this huge task and then yeah. you don't want to. Yeah. But yeah, I think at some point too, it just becomes like normal. Like, oh, well, I train in the afternoons and I train at night. Then I train this time and then I do this and then I go running and then I do this. It's just part of what you do. It's just a routine. Nice. So,
0: yeah. I don't know. I'm sure you adapt eventually, especially being, I mean, you're here all the time. Like you're basically an owner here. Like mm-hmm. you know, you run shit. So yeah. So. I feel like you'd build
1: up a tolerance pretty quick. Yeah, exactly. It's it's really not that bad. I mean, maybe maybe saying it's not that bad, is also not really super accurate. Because if someone else, <laughs> it might not be that bad. they
0: are like, all right, five days a week, ready to go. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> Just starting for the first time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's be A wild week, but <laughs> yeah, no, it's not crazy. And and then too, you know, I mean, as you as you know too, from like jujitsu classes and stuff, you know, a lot of times, even if you are investing, you know, three four hours of training a day, it's not that you're going super hard for three or four hours a lot of it's also like technical work and things like that so your body's not really going through like this constant like oh my god I don't know if I can handle this because a lot of training is just mental as well
0: yeah I definitely feel like um for me personally like going the more consistent I go the less Dramatic the effect of training feels. Yeah. So if I take a long time off, then I go and I'm like, I gotta go 100 to make up for all the time I wasn't there. And then like if I go consistently, it doesn't. I come home and I'm like, wow, I feel like I could go for a couple more hours. Like this is okay.
1: I'm all right. So pace yourself more.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But the time off is like I don't know what it is. It's like a weird compensation that. I got to go hundred ham now. Like,
1: yeah. Trying to get out. I think that's pretty normal. It's people, people rationalize stuff like that all the time, you know, like, mm-hmm. Oh, I skipped my workout yesterday. So I have to do two workouts today. Yeah, right. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, maybe you burn some more calories, but you know, just making, doing two workouts today does not, is not the equivalent of doing one workout over like one workout each day. Right. Right. You know, so, consistency,
0: small bites. Yeah. Over time. Exactly. Much better that way. Cool. Um, Do you have like specific career goals? Because right now I know you're amateur MMA. Mm -hmm. Do you have goals of becoming pro MMA? Or do you just want to chill in this little boat and see what happens or anything like that?
1: No, yeah, I definitely want to fight professionally. Um, I mean, right now me and Ben have talked about it too. And I mean, if I can get like some consistent fights, maybe this year, maybe even just three more or something and as long as long as they go well you know it's not like oh man we just realized we have this giant hole we have to work on in your game you know <laughs> let's still, go pro <laughs> yeah yeah that wouldn't be the time to go pro yeah but yeah I mean as long as we get some obviously like good fights as far as like both challenging and against like a good matchups that sort of thing whatever the case is um and things go well then I, I would like to go pro maybe by like I don't know the end of the year middle of the year so we'll just kind of see um yeah i mean i think like most people that fight mma obviously the the goal is to eventually maybe fight in the ufc yeah um the nice thing is kind of right now they also don't have a 105 pound division so maybe by the time that that time rolls around they'll open up a 105 that'd be cool i know that that is in the works i just don't know how long it's gonna be
0: yeah so you could forefront that shit yeah that'd be awesome <laughs> that'd be so cool yeah. um yeah how many bangs do you drink a day? I know, I, I saw that, and I was like, "We are right drinking now. one right now." I was like, me and Tom were like, we were sitting there in the car one day, we were drinking a bang, and you we were sitting there like wiggling, oh, like just wiggling, oh, while we were like having the end of class speech or whatever. And Tom got in the car and he's like, "You know, I sit there and I watch Natalie, and I wonder how many bangs she drink a day." I was
1: like, "That's, That's a, great a good question, question right?" Yeah. I have very high t- uh, caffeine tolerance, so, <laughs> yeah. God, I'm actually doing better, though. Like, I, I've only been drinking about one a day recently, also because, yeah. you know, at this point, us selling things doesn't make us money. It just somehow subsidizes my own thing <laughs> drinking. You're, like, buying a wholesale <laughs> for yourself. No That's pretty deal. much what's been happening. Um, but, yeah, no, I drink about one a day now, but it... It got to about two or three at one point. Really? So, oh my
0: God, I would die. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. So, I used to be a barista for a long time, and mm-hmm. so we would get free coffee all day long. Mm-hmm. I would have like four drinks on the bar, like, what do you want? Got you. Just doing my thing. And I drink coffee for like five years, maybe straight. Maybe six or seven. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But um, I t- trialed getting off of it because I thought I didn't want to be ruled by something. I felt like yeah. I was being ruled because I'd be like, oh, got to get up and get coffee right away. And after getting off of it, I'm so sensitive. Like two sips of coffee, and I'm like, we're rolling. Freaking <laughs> out. So I like can't even imagine that
1: that would fuck me up. Yeah. No, there are a lot actually. I think I think H Bang has like 300 milligrams of caffeine oh, in it. Oh my god. Which is like twice the amount of like a Monster or like a Red Bull or something. That's like, nuts. A cup of coffee is about 100. Yeah. And oh yeah, I can go through like probably like 600 milligrams of like caffeine a <laughs> oh, day. Because I drink coffee too. I do. I actually just got a milk frother. Oh. Because cool. I was spending I that. too much money on Spar- on Starbucks. So I was go. like, well. I'll get a mouthful out there and then we'll stop bitching at me then. There you go. And <laughs> 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 so, yeah, so I drink coffee throughout the day as well. And then, but no, I get what you mean though. Every now and then I'll kind of stop, you know, drinking caffeine and I'll be the same way. Like I'll only be able to take like half scoops of pre-workout. Yeah. Otherwise it's like never going to sleep sort of thing. Yeah. That
0: so. would be tough. But I guess, you know, I, there are days, like when I was, well, I'm not on co- like I don't drink caffeine now. And <laughs> when I was, when i was or have been off coffee the i am very tempted like the the day after training yeah. to like i'm like fuck I feel like i got hit by a train <laughs> coffee sounds wonderful right now but i was able to stay strong yesterday and not have any caffeine and then by that time i like refeed then i'm like okay yeah. good energy again yeah. thought i was dying but i'm okay <laughs> so drinking a little coffee's not bad it's not yeah it's really not there's tons of studies out there that are like yeah it extends your life by 2 years or whatever but um you know, you can find studies to justify either end of the spectrum. Yeah. So it's like, it's what do you want to do? Yeah. Really. And like, what do you, are you willing to take the, you know, risks and whatever side effects based on that? But
1: <laughs> so it's is cracking me up.
0: It is really funny. Like all day.
1: He just <sighs> lays on this beanbag, bean chilling, sticking, sitting there with his balls out. It's his thing.
0: <laughs> Natalie has two amazing Doberman dogs and they're just roaming around. Zena doesn't trust me yet. Snarf dead. It's okay. She did let me pat her once yeah. when we first started training here, and then she forgot about me. <laughs> she was like I don't know
1: who. To no, she's out. the same way. So like yesterday, not yesterday, two days ago, actually, I asked Tyler to take her home. She's known Tyler the entire time that she's known me and Ben. So Tyler's like one of our roommates. He lives with us. He lives with Zena, <laughs> and she still doesn't fully trust him. Like she didn't want to leave with him. I had to like coax her out to the car with him Aww. and. He was saying how if he comes home like she won't come greet him she'll just keep hiding downstairs until oh. like me or ben are home oh my goodness so no she's just a skittish dog there's like, like no making this girl happy really and you're anyone other than me or ben oh
0: it's okay Zena. i still accept you yeah. <laughs> mm. girl. um so what does a typical day look like for you being such a big piece of this gym
1: um so normally in the mornings like a s- most recently just because the semester started back up depending on the day i have class and then i'll get here uh, normally by like eleven thirty or 12 and just kind of open up that sort of thing we have classes at 12 and then usually just in between like this class and then our kids classes i just do like i do a lot of cleaning yeah <laughs> it's, a, it's a big uh cleaning job essentially administrative work here things like that mm-hmm. so a lot of times i'm just kind of hanging around finding stuff that needs to be done that Mm -hmm. sort of thing and then just training at night and then doing it again sort of thing so Tom and I call that puttering 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 around you know here and there
0: organizing sitting yeah cleaning I get
1: it that's kind of yeah it's kind of the routine honestly I always tell myself too that like at during the day I'm gonna like you know find some time and I'm gonna work on my homework and get you know get ahead on stuff I pretty much do everything I can to talk myself out of it I'm like Look how filthy the bathroom is. (laughs) I've got a mop. Yeah we have to yeah. Like, yeah like we can't have the gym looking like this i'll spend like an hour cleaning behind the desk <laughs> where nobody where is. only <laughs> i can see and then like i just start getting like anxious like oh my god look at this clutter <laughs> i can't
0: have clutter here <laughs> i love when you procrastinate with something that's like pseudo-functional it's like
1: well hmm it's not really procrastination i'm cleaning right yeah, no yeah exactly. I mean, I'll, I'll talk myself into it and then i'll like be like man this is That's why things don't get done. Nobody else does this stuff because I have to do it. (laughs) That's why I can't get my homework done. That's
0: hilarious. What are you studying in school? uh, Strength and conditioning. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Tom just took his strength and conditioning um, certification like a couple months ago. So he's all
1: certified. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah,
0: He loves that stuff. Nerds out like way too hard with me. Yeah. I mean, English. (laughs)
1: English. Come back that's awesome that's not that's super good yeah that's kind of you what know, i figured too it's just like you know if we're athletes anyways you know and working in this sort of field then why not do something that yeah you know, translates
0: yeah so. would you guys ever consider having a strength conditioning class here like for your athletes yeah to supplement I the training so.
1: and stuff yeah i think so for sure yeah. we've had a few personal trainers come by too that kind of wanted to work with the gym And a few that we actually kind of let on, but just kind of, I don't know, some of stuff just kind of didn't work out. So, I mean, it's definitely stuff we've tried in the past. Yeah. So
0: It's a tough – I mean, when people train – if people are training MMA, it's really hard to squeeze in conditioning because there's so much else going on Mm -hmm. in your training day that's like – one more thing kind of seems like, are you serious? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Are you for real? And I think you definitely have to have, like, some of the the inside knowledge, I guess, to MMA and Jiu-Jitsu and Muay Thai because we had one guy that came through – and he was like, yeah, so I think what uh, your your athletes are missing is probably back strength. And, you know, you, they need this, this, and this, and this is the workouts that we're going to do. And they're like that he, you know, was suggesting at the very least. And it's like, yeah, man, that that really is not going to work or whatever the case is. He's just like, and then and then one time, actually, I think only literally one time, he did a jiu-jitsu class with us and he hurt his back. <laughs> and they were like, oh, man. No, I really are you doing those exercises you prescribe? yeah exactly and even kim has said that you know she one of our one of our teammates here um she has a master's degree in strength and conditioning. she's actually the head strength and conditioning coach at the air force academy oh very cool and that's one thing that she said before that before she started training jujitsu herself you know she had kind of ideas about what would work and then actually being part of it she's like oh I see now you know so she has all the knowledge it's just not or had all the knowledge it was just some of the application just wasn't there until she did it herself yeah I could see that
0: I definitely have a huge value in Tom for that because he's been training a long time and he's like programmed conditioning and strengthening for a very long time too and he was he's so funny he said you don't, the only way to get you to work out is to have somebody try to kill you. Like, that, you should be embarrassed about that. <laughs> I like, you're not lying though. Like, it's the truth. That's kind of me too. Yeah. But it's like, it's more motivating to the, fun stuff. engage. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's the, I mean, weights are like, they don't talk to you. They don't really move. Yeah, they don't shit
1: talk you or anything.
0: There's nothing. <laughs> it's fucking boring as hell. But he's, he made my program recently for over like the last four months and it's been, super effective I think like I used to get hamstring cramps at the wazoo like doing triangles and any type of posture control of my legs sumo deadlifts saved a girl's life and some like he and his program is very like minimal like you look at it like that's it four lifts for the day
1: yeah Yeah. dope yeah to
0: do and like minimal effective dose
1: that is the truth though I think also is that you know if it's like targeted correctly with what you need and with your consistency, kind of like we talked about, little things like that do make a big difference. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. You know, I think people kind of go with the one end or the other. It's like they just don't do it at all or they're like 100%. They yeah. You know, we had a guy that used to train here, Nick Nate. I don't know. I don't think you ever met Nick Nate. Um, but he used to train here like, you know, three, four hours a day. And then he would do like like two hours of lifting, like in between and stuff. And then he, would, he was constantly getting hurt. And it was just because he had done so much that his body didn't have the ability to recover. Mm -hmm. And so during, like, technical training, he was getting injured because he was doing way too much at the actual gym. But that's Mm -hmm. just, we've kind of had to, like, really, like, talk him out of doing that because he was (laughs) just such a, like, go, go, go ham guy. And we're like, no, dude, (laughs) like, you can't do that. You're, You're not, you're actually not benefiting from that at all. Yeah, diminishing returns. Yeah. I was
0: happy about that speech yesterday. I was like, all right. I get it They feel it that's cool right. i don't feel so shameful for not showing up for a whole week What? yeah but- <laughs> i have tom and i have some goals of at least showing up twice a week because we're used to like our classes mm-hmm. you motherfuckers are like three hours it's true so it's like you get three times as much <laughs> love for what we're used to getting one yeah one little thing so, <laughs> it's nice to have I like the long classes personally. I think you get a lot more out of them. Yeah.
1: I think that's true too. And like you said, you know, people have such busy schedules that when you can make it in, you know, normally that's because you have the night free. Mm -hmm. So why might as well, like you said, really get it in. And then the other days of the week, you know, do your other, your other, you know, um, I guess, responsibilities. Yeah. Some stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Um, have you ever been knocked out? Good on you. I have not. Good on you. Again, ya. 105 pounds. Well, <laughs> yeah, right. you don't really have a lot of knockout power. Oh my
0: gosh, so. I wonder what it would be like to fight at my weight. I feel like I might get knocked out. It's
1: possible. It's possible. <laughs> Very possible. <laughs> be careful, child. Yeah, you're 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 a lot stronger than uh, your 105 pound counterpart, though. So. Oh yeah. I'm actually surprised too. I didn't get knocked out at the IFMA World Championships because I took like 10 peeps to the face. Whew. So, and they were hard. Did like my by- stars. Yeah, a few times, a few times. And then, um, oh, God, what is that guy's name from Labyrinth? Hogwarts? Hog- Hoggle? Have you ever seen Labyrinth? No? Oh, my gosh. So it's like this little goblin guy, and he has like these little, these really big lips and stuff. And wait a minute. Is
0: this about like some weird little girl who finds his stuff and goes into this like little tower thing? Yeah, and it has some. Um, it grows oh. under her bed. It's like this root thing she goes to visit this person down on this little thing
1: you know i don't remember the route specifically but it's it's an older movie i think it's like from the 80s maybe or early 90s i think it is is eighties actually it has um jennifer connelly is that her name i'm so bad with actresses names Me too but it was her when she was like a kid and anyways like yeah Hoggle's like this little little goblin guy i guess that like helps her and goes on her journey and stuff and after the fight I sent Ben a photo of what I looked like, and he responded with a photo of Hoggle, so. Oh, and, yeah, like, my lip was, like, out to here. It was cut. My oh, face my was God. bruised. My nose was messed up. That was actually probably the most that I've actually been injured in a fight, too, but but no knockout. Not really good. <laughs> Strong. Like,
0: <laughs> just goes to show you how tough you are.
1: I don't know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. How long
0: well does it take you to recover from something like that? Like, do you take time off, or, like... Do you do you have like a strict recovery program or anything like uh, that I, after?
1: I don't know. Maybe I should, but I don't. I mean, <laughs> if you look in like a, a <laughs> I, troll, yeah, I don't know. I just uh, well, it was just my face mostly that was injured. I mean, uh, my, my my neck was real messed up too for a little bit. You know, I was like kind of having to turn my whole body, you know, instead of just my neck. Mm-hmm. Um, So, I mean, normally stuff like that, yeah, you just kind of we we don't really believe very much. I think here in like taking time off training. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if, excuse me, even if you are injured, then it's still just like, okay, well, we just work around the injuries. You go light, you do this. If you like physically are actually injured, you know, we go see Dr. Ryan and he like, you know, he adjusts us and he has a lot of really cool recovery tools that we use and things like that. But, but for the most part, it's just, it's just a little bit of taking it light during that time.
0: That's cool. I respect that. Um, what else? How did you and Ben meet? Well, here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. But how did you become
1: together? Uh, actually, so when me and Ben first started hanging out, he had another Doberman. Her oh. name was Heidi. Oh. And I had a little, like, rat terrier little dog um and so we actually just set up like doggy play date <laughs> we're like hey man does your dog want to play with my dog my dog did not want to play with Heidi she was terrified of large dogs You're like yeah she does yeah and yeah well that's what I told him too. I was like well is your dog nice because she is the scared mm-hmm. and I thought she would be okay but now she was terrified of poor oh. Heidi like I tried to feed her cheese and Heidi was so nice she was the sweetest dog I've ever ever met in my life and I would try to feed Millie cheese and just because she was in Heidi's presence she's like I can't. Do you see? Do you see how big that dog is? I'm in fight mode. Yeah, I cannot. I can't, I can't have cheese right now. Not digest mode. <laughs> like, give me some time. But that was pretty much it. You know, we just kind of just hung out. Really, that was cool. it, and just kind of slowly turned into a little bit more than just friendship.
0: Oh, so sweet. Yeah. You guys are like one of the cutest jiu-jitsu couples. What? <laughs> so I hate that hashtag. Aww. Um Were you ever in the service or anything like that? No. 'Cause I know there's a lot of um, like army military types here. Mm-hmm. So I was I just didn't know.
1: I was sure, was, yeah. yeah. I mean I grew up military. My dad's oh, in the okay. military, so he's the army. Cool. And so I could definitely I grew up actually around a lot of like military communities as well. Like I grew up um, right next to Fort Riley. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually really used to like being in like military communities, like like here is a obviously a large military community as well, like you're talking about with all the bases and everything. Mm-hmm. But I myself have not been in the military. Now.
0: Cool. Yeah. Did you do you think growing up in those environments has influenced your uh, level of discipline?
1: Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe a little bit. I don't think that much. I mean, my dad's not like you know, like crazy strict <laughs> army, you know, yeah. like guy or anything. He's actually almost almost like not the army type. Like he's <laughs> like, just how like did the, you do the army? Like he's just like super sweet and like you know like. <laughs> We've gone fishing before when I was a kid, and he couldn't even bring himself to, like, kill the fish. He's like, okay, you know, like, we're going to put it back now. Yeah, And so, so yeah, I don't know. My
0: dad's the opposite. (laughs) Like, seriously. He is the opposite. He is in the Army, but he wasn't very strict. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of. Not to, like, not, like, Nazi strict. Yeah. A little bit less than that. (laughs) You know. One level. A little more tolerable. Yeah. But he had some... I used to, Heap was the one that influenced me to train karate as a kid. Oh, okay. From, like, Young America, like, the grade school version, uh-huh. where you're like, cheerleading or karate?
1: You choose. That's hilarious. And I was like, karate. Karate, <laughs> of course. My dad actually, probably until about a year ago, still called Muay Thai karate. Really? Yeah, he'll, like, call me sometimes. He's like, oh, so how's your karate going? I'm like... Yes. we've gone over it's really this. Good. Good. <laughs> exactly. Just Eventually, it, you, just, yeah. you just let it slide. We're like, it's going to be bad.
0: Thank you. <laughs> yeah. My dad was pretty strict with, when I was doing karate, he was strict. Like, mm-hmm. if I was talking in class, he'd be across the gym and look at me. Yeah, give me that Two look. fingers down, he'd be like, down, <laughs> 10 push-ups. I'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> so my push-ups, all the other kids are like laughing and shit. Aw. But I appreciate him for that. for Yeah, sure.
1: absolutely. Definitely teaches you.
0: I got a pen, you know. Um, okay, so best and worst jobs before committing to
1: full time training. Hmm. Okay, worst job. I'm trying to think. Um, I don't know that I really didn't like any of my jobs all that much. I did for a little while work as well. I worked as a ELL aide and as a special ed pair for a few years. Mm-hmm. And I, I did like the job itself um, when I was, especially when I was working as an ELL aide, you're um, just working with like you know children that speak other languages and things like that, mm-hmm. and so that was actually a lot of fun. But then when I transferred over to do more of the special ed side, um, that was obviously a little bit more challenging. Even though before I had worked with some of the special ed kids too, because they were both special ed and ELL, um, but I think that my was more like my supervisor at the time she was just an awful person like for being like a special at para too like Mm -hmm. or not para but teacher Mm -hmm. you know she was just not fun to work with she would like undermine all the paras like in front of the children sort of thing oh my gosh and yeah it was awful it's like man like how do you like that's no good yeah so so the environment there was a little bit different and and I think that was actually probably my worst job just because I I didn't really like being there Mm -hmm. and the kids are a little bit more challenging like one of them like you know he had all kinds of emotional problems, and he would like threaten to blow the school up and throw fun. like toss the desks ac- across the yes. room. And he was big; he was tall, actually. He was tall, was big kid. There was like in the sixth grade. Oh, I mean, at that point, most of the kids are all bigger than me, anyways. <laughs>
0: <laughs> at least a tiny person. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> so that wasn't super fun, um, but in, in all, in all, you know, it's I don't think it's really that bad compared to most things. Um, I think probably my best job was. Most recently, actually, when I moved to Colorado, I worked for Progressive, mm-hmm. and as a like insurance agent, which sounds super boring. I mean, the job itself is pretty boring, yeah. but the company was really fun, and they were they treated you really well. You got a lot of freedom in like how you handled your schedule and okay. all these other different things and. I finally worked like a regular, like nine to five, you know, before I was always working like two jobs in the morning, then at night, you know, working in restaurants, working super late, everything's inconsistent, kind of like you're talking about with your schedule. And so finally, when I started working there, it was like, I can plan things. I can go (laughs) home and cook dinner. Oh my gosh. What is this? (laughs) You know? And so that was really good. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah,
0: best and worst jobs. Yes.
1: Oh, and I work from home for a little while too. So I work really? in my pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know what? I always think like that would be the dream. Yeah.
0: But then I really think about it. Like, no, it wouldn't be. Yeah. yeah. It's hard on your mental health. Yeah. I have, friends, I have friends that work from home, like doing IT. Yeah. That work for companies that yeah. But then you have no social no people
1: that's kind of what I felt like at first when I got offered the position to go work from home or when it came up at the very least I was like no I, I like coming to work like I like being here and getting up in the morning as much as I hate getting up in the morning I like I Once like the routine yeah. you know I like seeing people and then uh, progressive also had a gym so like I had even that's like dope. you know my gym schedule where I went to certain classes and stuff like that but then at the same time too though I mean I, there's I don't feel like I'm obviously missing, or even then I didn't feel like I was missing the social aspect of my life because I just worked from home and then I would come to the gym and I had a whole social network here, you know, so.
0: Yeah, that makes up for it for sure. Yeah. I think my worst job was working, first two worst jobs, working at a deli in like the middle of <laughs> Illinois, like in the middle of nowhere, yeah. this tiny little deli and it was just like fucking nasty. I saw all the shit that goes on behind the counter when you go get that ham salad. I was like, fuck this. This is messy. <laughs> Seriously. And like every salad, I would be reading the recipe and I'd be like, wait a minute. Does that say three cups of sugar? <laughs> oh, or a ham a salad? Oh, a, a salad. Okay. Savory salads, fucking broccoli salads. All of them was just like sugar on sugar on sugar. Man. I was like, wow, now I know the truth. <laughs> yeah. Cleaning the fried chicken thing was the worst because I always burn myself.
1: Oh, up. yeah. So I why hated that. that. Yeah, Raw chicken's nasty. I could say that, yeah. Spin chickens. I worked in a pizza hut for a while, too, when I was, like, I don't know, like, 18 or 20 or so. And uh, I was supposed to, like, one time they were, like, they realized that we weren't doing a lot of deep cleaning stuff. I mean, the managers also weren't telling us to do it. Yeah. But they got, you know, a health inspection, and we failed in a lot of different ways. So they're, like, oh, you got to clean under this sink right here like where, like, the trash can, like, kind of slid under. Mm-hmm. There was, like, this cubby space. And then there was, like, this, like, top part of a sink. And when I looked down there, it was, like, an inch thick with just, like, oh this, like, weird gelatinous film thing of just bacteria and food that splashed up. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, I have to clean it. <laughs> I <think> I clean it. <laughs> and it was a lot of stuff like that, yeah. Other worst
0: jobs. I love working with kids. Love kids. Yeah. And usually, like, like, if Tom and I are just, like, we're those weird people that you see playing at a children's park because that's what we do. It's strange. We don't have it. We used to have my niece come like, yeah, yeah we have an excuse now. Yeah, right. A little person with us. But I are just like, man, I'm going to climb those monkey bars. Sometimes you're like, I don't give a fuck. Whatever. <laughs> Judge me if you want. And usually like we'll be playing around and kids see us moving and they're like, those are they're big ones. They're big ones, and they're doing what we do. Like, huh. what the yeah, hell? This is for us. So they slowly but surely start getting closer, and they're like starting to mimic us. And they're like, "Hi, what's your name?" <laughs> and then it's like, okay, now we have a, a posse of children following us. At it, I don't know if this is okay. Yeah, I feel what, like
1: people <laughs> like, are like look at us weird. Like, <laughs> 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 it's time to go, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's true,
0: they're fun. It's true, <laughs> they're fun. So, but I worked a job in therapy with kids mm-hmm. working with special needs children yeah. and, and that was really hard like going to their houses and trying to get them to do therapy and pay attention right. to me for no, i can see that half an hour to 45 minutes so that that was rough mostly because i could see all of the reasons why this kid had all these problems and right. basically do nothing about it because mm-hmm. it's like i'm leaving and the same patterns are going to happen happening yeah. that's the worst part about uh... This is Ethan, by the way. He's awesome. We're recording a podcast. Anyway, Welcome. Podcasts. A podcast. You can be interview. on it.
1: I was uh, a job coach for developmentally disabled for many years, and one of the things you see is when you go to their home, mm-hmm. these things you just see like, man, these people really, you know, like should have a better environment. Yeah. But yeah. Unfortunately, there is nothing. Yeah, there's only so much you can do. do. It's tough. I will
0: say jujitsu helped me with this one kid who had some ridiculous autism, ridiculous, like no sensory soothing would help. No one day it would help. Another day it would like escalate him. It's just like a fucking gamble. Yeah. Yeah. And one day he wanted to change the thermostat and his mom was like, don't touch the thermostat. This is all during my session. And he starts like beating on his mom. Oh, wow. She goes and hides herself in the bathroom and locks the door. And he's, like, running around doing this thing, and he, like, lays on the ground. I'm trying to move him from the door because I have to get my paper signed to get out of there. Mm -hmm. So I need his mom to give me her signature, and I can't slide it on the door. So I'm like, you got to move, buddy. Nope. And I tried to trick him with this song to get him to move. Like, nope, nope, nope. Freaking out. Legit wrestled the dude for 45 minutes. Dragged him upstairs by his ankles because he was fighting. Yeah. belly. Like, (laughs) legit. I was like, what?
1: You gotta calm down. Like, just sit there, knee on belly. They say, too, that a lot of times with kids that do have autism, though, like, like hugging them real tight yeah like honestly like taking like back mount like from a sitting position yeah yeah does actually help calm them down a lot of times and i've noticed that yeah a lot of the teachers they have to go to that special training because they have to go to restrain them because mm-hmm. then they're just a danger to themselves and everybody else yeah yep. so and he was a bigger it's not like unusual boy. yeah about
0: 12 years old yeah it was kind of fun honestly but then i was like i don't get paid enough for this shit <laughs> like, <laughs> Out. i would do that but you got to up this price yeah
1: it's no i tell you i said yeah. I know, like, when I when I did that, like, it was obviously in its own way very rewarding, but it's mm-hmm. also just, like, emotionally and physically draining. Seriously. Like, the people that do that as a career, like, you know, Saints. good on you, because I cannot.
0: <laughs> Saints, yeah. for real. it's tough stuff. Um, What are the best and worst parts of being such a big piece of a gym? I say a gym owner. You're a gym owner, yeah?
1: Uh, I guess so, yeah. Okay. I mean, I kind of sometimes hesitate to say that just because, you know, this was... Ben's gym, he's the sure. one that's like built it up. That's How about stuff, you know, assistant owner? <laughs> sure. As a co-owner. I don't know, I don't know yeah. what to call it, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I get what you're saying. It's, yeah, pretty mm-hmm. much the same thing. Um, but yeah, no, I think that so. I mean, obviously, the best parts is like kind of like I talked earlier, you know, I'm in I'm where I want to be, you know, like I quit my job to basically be here full time and and take the place on, so so that's great just because you know it's what I want to do, yeah, but then of course, like there's also like a lot of administrative stuff that goes with it. And I think sometimes too, like you can almost get complacent. Like what, like you were kind of saying earlier, you know, when you come to the gym, it's like, this is your time to be at the gym. Mm -hmm. And so you're like 100% here. And this Mm -hmm. is like your time. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think sometimes if I'm here all day and have been for a long time, sometimes it's easy to just kind of take it for granted and be like, Mm -hmm. Oh, well I'll do this later or I'll do this drilling that I've been meaning to do a little bit later and Mm -hmm. things like that. So, and then of course, you know, um, teaching a lot of classes now both for like adults and kids and stuff it's great it's fun it's rewarding but then there's also like this tough part of trying to balance out doing that and then still making sure that I'm getting like my training in as well so
0: I did a, like a sent an interview to a few uh, female gym owners asking them questions like this because yeah. I was curious. It seems like a wonderful setup, but that was the biggest thing that most people said was the toughest part, was trying to balance their own Mm -hmm. development with the development of their entire team.
1: And so that can be one of the hardest things. And I was actually just talking to one of my previous coaches about that. Um, So my coach that I originally started with in Kansas, his name is Rico Steele. And still really good friends with him. And I was just telling him, okay... I have a few kids that I think are going to be ready to fight in Muay Thai sooner. I want to get them ready, but I, I have no idea how to train a child. Like, mm-hmm. you know I, know, I know how an adult trains. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's different for a kid. Come to find out, it's not. <laughs> so he's just like, nope, they train exactly the same amount. He's like, they have to be here, you know, every single day, two hours a day. You know, they, they're, they're going, I mean, obviously, it's a little bit different, but just the same. They're going into a fight. They're going into the ring. So it has to be the same. And I was like, Ugh, OK, well, that kind of puts things in a different perspective for me because I was like, thinking, OK, well, how can I set some time aside to work with these kids mm-hmm. but outside of like the class stuff that we do? And I'm like, well, crap, if we have to train that much, which I mean, does make sense. Yeah. It's like I honestly don't know if I have the time to do that. Mm-hmm. And it kind of sucks because I want to see these, you know, these kids compete and kind of, you know, technically develop. But it's like I just I don't literally see when I could fit that in. Right. And, um, you know, for most people, like the, the biggest availability is going to be at night mm-hmm. and that's when we have already classes. That's when I'm training to kids yep. have school during the day. They right. can't come during the day. Right. And so it's, it's a really big balance for sure.
0: Yeah. That'd be tough to schedule.
1: Yeah. But
0: the whole, I mean, every, I mean, you know, normal society is all in this nine to five business. So it makes it tough to yeah. get extra stuff in outside of the evening. time. Yeah. so I could see that. Um, What are your feelings on nutrition and what type of diet do you feel like you
1: are fueled the best on? Um, I would actually think following the ketogenic diet. So, And I definitely stray from it quite a bit in between fights or whatever the case is, just because eating carbs is fun. Dude. I love carbs. I would die without carbs. Like, Like, oh my God, they're the most delicious of the foods. I would turn into an evil
0: nightmare of a bitch if I didn't have carbs. No, I
1: get it. I mean, well, I don't, I see why people will have trouble with it. And it is like a big, it's a big like diet change, Mm -hmm. I think, and nutrition change for a lot of people because we're just so used to eating carbs. Mm -hmm. And when you start actually following something that's low carb or ketogenic, you realize how much sugar and carbs are you're actually eating. And it's Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, Mm -hmm. like drastic, drastic difference. Um, But I do feel like when I actually do that, I do feel the best. And that's how I get lean the most. Mm-hmm. You know, I can I can go from getting getting real crazy with my diet and not doing the right thing and being, like, 130 pounds and then doing the ketogen, keto, ketogenic diet and getting down, like, 110. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, I'm still working out the same amount. I'm still, you know, here six days a week. I'm still training three hours a day. But literally the only thing I change is my diet, mm-hmm. and I either blow up to 130 <laughs> or I come down 20 pounds. I'm <laughs> like, okay, hey, me, I feel
0: that. Seriously. So. I just now, like… For the whole last six months, I think, maybe maybe even over a year, like, since moving here and yeah. all of this craziness of changing everything, um, I gained so much weight. Yeah. Because, one, I wasn't training as often. Two, I was kind of, like, a little bit stress eating. Yeah. Like, a lot of it, maybe. <laughs> and then I started training again, but I was training at Gracie Baja. Yeah. And... Like, legit, no, not even sweating in my gi, you know? Like, that kind of training. Whoa. Seriously yeah. technical. Yeah. Seriously light. So like, <laughs> and when we came here that first day, I was like, this is the what is my gi's getting yeah. <laughs> here. felt like it so wonderful. So freeing. Yeah. So I was like, I worked
1: hard. Ooh, I missed that smell. <laughs> the fun right. part is it's not just your sweats. Yeah. Like, yum. <laughs> <laughs> we, we got, that was a
0: nice, uh, refreshing, yeah. um, you know, thing to go through. And then just recently... I don't really restrict carbs. I've just been like straight old school calories, like try to keep calories at this level. Yeah. Make it as much whole food as possible. Carb up on training days, low carb on rest days. And
1: it's been working I think that's pretty fair too. I think for most people even, and and even for me, you know, like if I just generally eat clean, you know, I'll stay, I'll stay in a point where I feel well and I'm not way overrate, overweight, um, obviously, if there's fights coming up, then I have to really monitor what I'm eating because I need to actually get down to a certain mass and level and stuff. But but otherwise, I think for a lot of people, if you just eat clean, you know, don't go out, don't go out to eat, don't eat eat processed foods. Mm -hmm. Just make sure that when you're eating a meal, you have vegetables, you have a reasonable amount of protein, you're not like overdoing the portions. And then obviously, like, not eating donuts every chance you get, stuff like that, you know, <laughs> like that's, get those. yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, thanks. Exactly. Then normally that's a lot better even than a lot of people are doing right now, you know? Yeah. So it's really small stuff like that. And I think that too, if you think of it as a diet, like, Oh, well, I can't eat this because I'm dieting. Then it becomes this chore mm-hmm. as opposed to enjoying eating healthy foods because right. they make you feel good. Right.
0: So it's that same perspective of like enjoying what you're doing, no yeah. matter what it is. Yeah. Like, That's a big lesson I've had to learn over the years of working in therapy because it's fucking hard work sometimes. And like, Mm -hmm. we're transferring 400 pound people trying to get them to stand again after they haven't stood for five years. It's like, yeah, this looks promising. No, doesn't look promising at all. But you got to show up like you like it is promising, or they're not going to participate. So it's like you got to really be present and positive. Yeah. And if you're not, it affects your patient, and then it affects your entire day because if your patient doesn't do well. Then you're like you feel like shit, and the next you roll into the next one like that, and it's just back to back cycle. So yeah, it's I been a big that. lesson. And even like, there's a lot of hygiene stuff, like you're wiping butts sometimes. Yeah, all kinds of craziness. Do you need
1: to grab that? I don't think so, but we can turn it off. It's not that you're the gym. <laughs> to... oh, okay.
0: But yeah, that's cool to hear though. Um, I definitely think going out to eat is super overlooked. Like everybody is so conditioned to just do that normally. Yeah. And I was doing like, because we've been doing this calorie, um, just a focus on calorie, I'm kind of looking at calories like money. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to spend fucking 400 calories on a bite of bread. Yeah. One bite when I could have three meals for that much. Yeah. So like, you know, no, that's a good way to look at it. Actually the energy and all that stuff is like a big deal. But when we went out, we did go out to eat and, realize like the biggest part that people are missing is the amount of oil, the type of oil and the salt. Mm-hmm. That shit will fuck you really quick yeah. as far as like trying to manage your weight and everything. Yeah. Had that meal and was like five pounds heavier the next Yeah, week.
1: exactly. Especially if you, like you said, yeah, if you get a lot of salty foods, you'll retain so much water and it's not, it's not water that you need. It's nope. inflammation. It's mm-hmm. like, and for, for a lot of people too, I know that um, they have had like previous injuries and things like that. And when they're like loading up, Unlike salt and they're loading up on carbs, mm-hmm. like they're, they feel it in their joints. Yeah. They have that inflammation and that pain and that ache yep. and even just simple things like just changing your diet, like changes how you just manage pain day to day. It's a
0: big deal. There, there's a guy that, um, I took a holistic lifestyle course under. He's very adamant about organic food, local, all that stuff. And the biggest reason, I mean, he's trained a billion, billions of athletes. He's mm-hmm. very like well-known. Not really well known, but well practiced, I should say. Okay. Um, Older guy in his like fifties, and his biggest thing was like he had all these really high performing athletes, but they were eating really shitty and yeah. they getting injured a lot. Yeah. And so he's like really coached them to change their diet, and their ability to recover was faster. They're like just everything got better, yeah. and it's that simple. But it is, yeah There's a lot of emotional baggage with this whole "right to face" <laughs> thing. <laughs> like people are eating for all kinds of reasons: yeah. and, bored, yeah.
1: hungry, but, bored, hungry, like hungry, but like not like really should be hungry. Yeah, yeah. exactly, <laughs> exactly. And not drinking enough water, things yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Does cool. get you? Like I'm just watching this movie, so I have to be eating something. Conditioning too. Yeah. Like, well,
0: shouldn't we be like popcorn at movies yeah. and all that craziness? I'm like that too. I don't know if you know this, but I definitely brought some ice cream to your fight.
1: We can really just grab a pine of ice cream it's like, really <laughs> <"Yeah>, girl <laughs> That's hilarious. The top. I like this. It's good. good on the calories. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Protein heavy. Yeah, That's there great. you go.
1: That's a good substitute. Yeah, it works. Yeah, I'm kind of addicted to it, but. That's actually work, kind of a good the- point too, though, you know, yeah. is like you you don't have to necessarily eat bad to eat well because even like ice cream and stuff, like there are like healthy, healthier alternatives mm-hmm. out there that you can have yeah. and still like kind of get your sweet fix. Mm-hmm. Like so. the,
0: It's like more like the texture and the mm-hmm. taste. Like if I can recreate that, we did. Yeah. Exactly. I found a good little uh, smoothie recipe. Have you heard of an ice cream? I have. It's like banana ice cream. I think I have, yeah. Been nailing it. It's, yeah. i got to make you some. <laughs> this is so good. I had it at work today. I have a student at work, so yeah. I've just been chilling, like, watching her treatments, making sure she's not going to kill anybody. And <laughs> I'm sitting there, like, eating my jar of ice cream <laughs> she's doing my job. I was like, this is fun. This is um, the life. Yeah. This is the life. It's kind of here. fun. Uh, just a few more questions. Sure. Do you have any advice to, pe- to women specifically who want to start training either MMA or any type of martial art? Like, what advice would you give to someone, a female that's afraid?
1: I would say just go for it. You know, um, just just give it an honest effort. Don't don't be. Um, on one hand too, like, don't be hard on yourself and don't be hard on just the process, you know, like understand that it's going to take a while to get used to the movements, to get used to the techniques. And then if you're really uncomfortable with it, like you're going to, it's going to take you a while just to feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. But once you get past that hump, um, hopefully, I mean, I'm too like, you know, maybe if you like give something on a separate for a few months and then you realize at the end of those few months, like this is just not for me. Like my, my mindset's not really changing. I'm just not really enjoying this. And okay, cool. Like you you gave it an honest effort. It's just not for you. Jujitsu is not for everybody. Training is not for everybody. But you don't really sometimes actually know that if you just sit, try like one class out and you're like, well, this sucks. I'm yeah. not gonna do it. Gosh, for the first um, time too. Yeah, that's exactly. A nasty pill. <laughs> <laughs> nasty pill. But I think that's a big part of it. And then just understanding too that, you're, like I said, we talked earlier a little bit. You know, you're not not as fragile as you think. <laughs> so that's awesome. I think that's the best thing that you can learn
0: sweet. Yeah. And then last question, um I love asking people this question, especially my patients because <laughs> they all will have got a lot of life to, you know, reflect back yeah. on. But if you could go back in time and talk to the 10, ten years past Natalie yeah. behind here, what advice would you give to your past self?
1: I would say um, so I think something actually that really I really realized or found actually when I started training a lot more consistently a few years ago was I I finally learned just intrinsically within myself, like the things that made me happy versus the things that were fun, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of learning that difference between like that instant gratification. Well, it's Friday night, I'm just going to go out and drink and party and have a good Mm time. And that's easy. That's easy. It's easy to just, you know, um, go out and just have some drinks and just have that like, you know, that like almost like I don't like know that. Release. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, I guess you could look at that way. I don't even know. kind of know fully how to word it. Versus like coming in and doing something productive, whether like for me it's training, but it can be anything for you. Mm-hmm. But something that's actually building towards something else, some sort of accomplishment, some sort of goal that you have. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it would have been training. It would have been like ten years ago, not taking all those breaks. You know, mm-hmm. actually staying consistent. Um, you know, maybe being more diligent in school because now I'm. 20 almost 27 years old and i don't have my degree then you know i have i have an associate's degree Woo! you know me too. High five. <laughs> it's not very much in the grand <laughs> scheme of things you know um, and so for me would it be that you know it's like start realizing sooner that having fun is not the same thing as being happy yeah and because even back then too, you know like yeah i was having fun doing all these different things mm-hmm. but i didn't actually feel fulfilled mm-hmm. i didn't feel content with what i was doing and so that took me quite a while to to figure out
0: that's awesome advice. Yeah. It sounds like Tom, I swear to God, he needs to write like a little, uh, like a haiku book. Yeah. <laughs> of all these like little tiny sayings he says throughout the day. One of them is discipline is freedom. And every time he says that, cause I'm like, well, what if we just, you know, slacked a little bit today, discipline is freedom. You bitch, you right. <laughs> okay, <laughs> exactly. It is. Cool, Natalie. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Thank you for coming on my podcast. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. We can have a round two sometime if you want. Yeah. After you try my smoothie.
1: Yes. <laughs> I, yes. I always am up for people bringing me food and snacks. <laughs> so if you want to bring me smoothies, snacks, whatever it is, I am about that life. Someday.
0: <laughs> Someday. I don't know if it'll last in the car, but it should. If I freeze it for a little bit, it yeah, should. Yeah, there you go. You guys got a fridge here? I got a fridge here. Awesome. <laughs> awesome.
1: Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's been
0: fun. Awesome. Till the next podcast, please take very good care of yourself and we say good day.